Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. More information about First Baptist Church can be found at www.fbcalamo.com. All right, well, you can take a seat. Oh, you beat me to it. Good job. Way to go. Um, so this morning, we're, we're looking at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17, which is uh, basically Paul's testimony about uh, what the Lord did in his own life. And so uh, before, I, before I come and preach this morning, uh, what we're going to do is, is I've asked Billy Johnson just to come and share his testimony about how God rescued him and the grace that God showed to him. So uh, if, you're, if you're a part of First Baptist Church, you know Billy. If not, this is Billy. So, um, Billy, come on in and tell us about God's, God's grace in your own life. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you, guys. Um, my testimony, I'm not really ashamed of my testimony at all. If you've been around me in any of the small groups, or, um, I share openly. Um, so if you don't know anything, this is a small part of um, the greater things that God has done for me and brought me into his presence. So I met Christ in a prison cell. I met him there. It was in that locked up place I found freedom. Before that day, I was searching for life's purpose in all the wrong places, things, I tried drugs, alcohol, relationships. None of these things satisfied the void inside. I was still empty and confused. I thought I knew God all my life, but uh, what I had was just a shallow, um, incomplete image of what God really was. Then, one day while I was lashing out as a guard, at a guard, the lifestyle that I led met, led me many times into a jail cell. God started speaking to my heart. The guard left me alone in the cell, but God did not leave me alone. He came and ministered to, ministered to me. In the middle of my pain, I began to cry out to him. I didn't understand how my life had ended up in such a mess. I told God I, I was confused and needed guidance. I asked him to clean up my heart and my life. After praying and crying out for what seemed like hours, God came and lifted my heart. And when I say lifted me heart like a big old baby, God took me and put me over his shoulder. And I never felt that comfort ever. And now I know that God was there with me. And, um, and he lifted up my heart. My newfound peace was, came from Christ. It didn't come from a bottle or a pill. I couldn't roll it. I didn't take it, a lot. it didn't take a lot of money, and it didn't violate any laws. My peace was from a power, loving, powerful, loving Savior. I'm horrified to think of what kind of a man I would be today if I hadn't called out and surrendered my life to Christ. Without Christ, my soul would be in torment today. I would still be looking, for, looking in all the wrong places for peace and continuing my destructive lifestyle. My life is now more amazing than I ever could have imagined. A lot of people are waiting to see a miracle. They should just look at me. This, this man once was dead. And now I am truly alive. 
I was blind, but now I see. Praise God. Um, in, in, in that, God blessed me with, you know, he talked to my heart. So he gave me and revealed to me that I had a little bitty talent for poetry when it came to him. So I have uh, one of the poems that I wrote while I was in that place. While I was in that place. And it's called His Glory. Sometimes in my life I feel so confused. There's darkness inside, no light from you. No smell of flowers, their colors no longer fill my eyes. God has hidden his glory, I can no longer see the sky. I want so many birds, their music filled my ears. Now God has called for silence so that only his voice I'd hear. Maybe there are no flowers in store for me to see until I learn to watch for God who's guiding me. Today in my life, in darkness, God shines through. He shows me my sins and teaches me to walk true. God imparts wisdom. He is the greatest teacher of all. Now be careful where I stand so that in darkness I will not fall. I can see the complete story. God is not hidden from me, but he is trying to reveal his glory. Thank you guys for letting me share. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate that. All right, now if you will take your Bibles, go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. As I said, we are going to read verses 12 through 17. And um, as we look at, we just heard Billy's testimony. Now this morning we're going to look at Paul's testimony. Um, someone who uh, was not searching for Christ when Christ found him. So if you will, let's stand together in, in honor of the Lord and his word as we read the word the Lord's given to us this morning. First Timothy chapter 1 verses 12 through 17 says this. I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man. But I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. And now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you for the overwhelming grace of Jesus that shone to us when we were undeserving of it. So this morning, I pray if there's anyone in the room who's never trusted in Christ as Savior, that today you would open their eyes and speak to their heart. Show them the great love that you have for them, the great grace that you've provided in sending Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And that today might be the day they step from death to life. We ask all these things 
In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. Paul's testimony is not complicated. In fact, it's a really simple statement uh, about what God did in his life. And so uh, the outline this morning is really just looking at four simple statements in his testimony. And, and then out of this, just like Billy did, I hope that you can see out of Paul's testimony uh, into your own life the way that God has shown his love and his grace and his mercy to you. Whether you were saved in a jail cell or like Paul on the road to Damascus. Or maybe like both of my kids in, in your bedroom. Wherever Christ saved you, I pray this morning that you see his great grace poured out for you. So let's break down Paul's testimony. Uh, first of all, right off the bat, we have this statement of gratitude. A statement of gratitude. He says, I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me. Because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry. Now that in and of itself seems, seems pretty remarkable by itself, right? That Paul says, I'm, I'm humbled. I, I give thanks to Christ Jesus because he gave me strength. Because he considered me faithful. Appointing me to the service. Then, then Paul reminds Timothy and, and reminds us of his background, of his history. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man. See, we know from Paul's own testimony, we know from the, the story that we have in the Bible that when Paul was saved, he was not looking for Christ. In fact, he was on his way to uh, put Christians in prison perhaps even to put them to death. In fact, in Acts chapter 8, verse 3, we're, we're told this. Saul, however, that was his name before it changed to Paul. Saul, however, was ravaging the church. He would enter house after house, drag off men and women, and put them in prison. He was going after men and women who belonged to what was called the way, which was uh, the early followers of Christ and Paul was dragging them out of their homes, out of their churches, putting them in prison, all the while believing he was serving God by imprisoning Christians. Now, we know also from Paul's background that he had a world-class education in the first century. He was educated under a, a Jewish man named Gamaliel who is a, a top-ranking Jewish official, a, a, an incredibly smart individual. In Philippians, as, as Paul's talking a bit about um, boasting in the flesh, he says, listen to these words. He says, if anyone, thinks, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. In other words, Paul was saying, listen, if you thought, if you're looking for someone who thought he was saved by his own works, I'm exhibit A. I was as good in my own mind as you could have been. Lord, it's hard to be humble, right? That's <laughs> Sorry, that is an inside joke. If you weren't at the 50th anniversary party yesterday, you have no idea what that was. Uh, but uh, just, just let, let our inside joke pass, okay? Listen, Paul, Paul says, I, if, if anyone had confidence, 
I had confidence in the flesh. But then he follows it up by saying this. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. In other words, I think he's saying a couple of things. First of all, I think he's saying that that everything I thought mattered didn't matter at all. And in losing what I thought I had, in losing this self-righteousness that I thought I had, I've gained everything in Christ Jesus. In, in Acts 26, 9, Paul is, is preaching to, to a group of people. And then he says this, in fact, I, was, I myself was convinced that it was necessary to do many things in opposition to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. He says, I thought I was serving God by opposing Christ. When Paul looks back at his life, it it causes him to break out in this gratitude. I thank Christ Jesus that he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an arrogant man. He continues in in verse 13, but I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. See, Paul begins his testimony by reminding us that it's not about how good we are. It's not about what, what, what our resume looks like, what kind of references we have. The gospel for each of us starts with Christ Jesus, who considered us faithful, who came looking for us when we didn't even know we were supposed to be looking for him. Then secondly, in verse 15, we see a statement of the gospel. Really simply, just a a statement of the gospel. Paul sums the gospel up in a sentence. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. Now, as I was studying this passage a little bit, it, it made me laugh because some commentators, I think, spent a little bit too much time talking about this phrase, and I am the worst of them. And I mean, actually disputing, well, is it possible that Paul's really the worst sinner that's ever lived? Um, and, and, and I remember reading and going, are we serious right now? Like, are we really having this conversation? But because the, the point is not, well, who's the greatest sinner who ever lived? The, the point is that Paul understood how great of a sinner he was. And he would gladly stand up and say, I, I'm the worst sinner I know. And, and, and by the way, I, w- I would follow that up with saying, if your answer is not the same, not that Paul's the worst sinner you know, but, but that, that when, when you think about the worst sinner you know, if, if your answer is not immediately your own hand going up, you've misunderstood the grace of Christ. And you've misunderstood the depth of our own sin and depravity. You know, it's interesting as we go back and, and look at Scripture, see the way that Paul described himself as his life uh, went on and as his ministry went on. In, uh, in Ephesians 3.8, Paul says this. He says, the grace, this grace was given 
Uh, sorry, I'm going to back up. I got ahead of myself. In 1 Corinthians 5, 9, Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. In Ephesians 3, 8, Paul says, the grace, This grace was given to me, the least of all the saints. So at one point he calls himself the, the least of the apostles. Later in, he calls himself the least of all the saints. And now I find it interesting that in 1 Timothy as he's nearing the end of his life, he says, I'm the worst of sinners. The older Paul got, and I think the closer his relationship with Christ grew, the more he understood the depth of his own sin. So, so listen, have you ever wondered or looked at your life and thought, you know, I, I thought by now I would be so much further along Maybe in a lot of areas. <laughs> thought I'd be a lot further along financially. Thought I'd be a lot further along maybe professionally. And man, I really thought I would be further in this spiritually. If you've ever wondered those things, let me, let me give you an assurance for a minute and tell you that I think you're in good company. Because I think almost everyone who's lived would look at their lives now and look at their lives 10 years ago and say, you know, I thought... If we're talking pure spiritually here this morning, I, th I thought I would be further along. I thought that, th that this thing that I struggled with 10 years ago, I wouldn't really still struggle with. And so let me encourage you that rather than despair when, when those realities set in, may, may that drive us to an appreciation for the gospel and for the grace that's been shown to us. And a deeper understanding, as I've said before, of our own sin and our own depravity. And may that drive us, rather than driving us away from God, may that drive us closer to God who loves us unconditionally despite all the many ways that we've fallen. This is the truth of the Bible, Romans 5, 8. But God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Almost every time I share the gospel, I, I, this verse will come up. I'll share this one. Because it, it tells us about a fundamental truth. That God did not come to us and say, you know, I would really like to use you for the kingdom. I, I, would, I, I, I sent Christ to, to pay for your sins. And so tell you what, if you go and you'll clean yourself up, then you come right back here, then we can, then we can work with you. No, it says, while, Christ, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the whole point of the gospel is we were powerless to save ourselves. We were powerless to clean ourselves up. And God stepped in and said, I'm going to do what you are powerless to do for yourself. So let me ask real quick, how, how often do we show that same grace to others? Or are we oftentimes like the religious leaders in Jesus' day who said, you know, I think, I think God could use you, but you've got to clean some stuff up first. You go clean yourself up and then you know, fi fix. Here's a list of things we think you need to fix. You fix these and then come back to us and then you'll be acceptable. Or should we not 
show the same grace that the Lord's shown to us. Third, in, in verse 16, we have a statement of grace. Where he simply says, but I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul says, this is why I was shown mercy. This is why God showed his grace to me. He put his grace on display in my life so that people could look at Paul and be like, well, well man, if Jesus can save that guy. Maybe I'm not too far gone. I mean, I've done some bad stuff. I've, I've never like been on my way to murder Christians. And so, you know, if, if God's grace is big enough to do that, maybe, maybe my own situation is not, not too, too big for God to handle. And I love the way that Paul boasts almost about his, about his uh, unworthiness. Or rather, boasts about the great grace of God that was shown to him when he was unworthy. I received mercy so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might, ex- might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. This reminds me of Exodus 34, 6. If you're familiar with Exodus 34, this is when Moses is, is hidden in the cleft of the rock. He, he says, uh, says to God, God, I want to see your glory. And God's response is basically, uh, that's going to be an issue um, because my glory would kill you if you saw it. So he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'll, put you in, in, I'll hide you in this cleft of the rock. As I pass by, I'll, I'll cover it with my hand and you can see my, my back. And as God passes by Moses, this is what he declares, Exodus 34, 6. The Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. That's what Moses heard. Over a thousand years before Paul experienced that exact same grace. His patience. The Lord's slow to anger. He was abounding in faithful love and in truth. Then finally, we have a, a statement of glory. As, as Paul breaks out in this praise, or what we would call a doxology, of, of praise to God. As he looks back at his life and, and, and what he was and what he is now, and, and, and God's grace that's brought him along the way. This is how he closes out this passage. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The, the great revival preacher Jonathan Edwards sparked revival in, in New England back in the late 1700s, 1800s. He said this was the verse that brought him to faith in Christ. This verse 17, this picture of God, of his glory being on display. This is the verse that that brought him to to faith in Christ and, and in turn through his ministry led thousands of people to faith in Christ. This made me think of a, a couple of verses in the book of Jude. Really short book, only one chapter. Um, 
And yet in Jude, we have this doxology as well. Jude says, Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. My prayer is that you, like Paul, when you look at your life, as I said before, maybe you're not where you thought you'd be. Maybe you're not where you wanted to be. But I would dare say that you're not where you were. You might not be who you want to be, but you're not who you were if you're in Christ Jesus. But as we look at our lives and see God's grace and his patience and his faithful, abounding love, dare I say his reckless love that we sang about a few moments ago. As we see all those things on display in our lives, may it cause us to cry out to the only God, be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. If you're here today and you don't have the assurance that your sins have been forgiven through Christ's sacrifice on the cross on your behalf. I pray today would be the day. In, in just a few moments, I'm going to be right down here on your right. Uh, Chuck Moon will be right down here on, at the front on your left. Both he and I would love to visit with you about uh, what it means to come to know Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. But for a lot of us in the room, we'd probably say, no, I, I, I know I'm a believer. If you've, if you've never taken the first step of obedience and following through with believer's baptism, again, we'd love to, to visit with you and show you what that looks like. That's a statement of uh, a public statement saying, I, I've, I've identified with Christ Jesus, believe that my sins are forgiven. But for those of us who would say, yes, I'm, I know I'm saved and, and I know that I've, I've been baptized. For us, may, may our stories be just like what Billy shared and what we saw in Paul's testimony this morning. Whether you have a story that says you were, you were saved in a jail cell or a story where you were saved in your bedroom at six years old. May your story bring you encouragement that God rescued you out of something or that he rescued you from something. And that you might tell others about this great God of ours whose grace is unending, whose love is is abounding and who deserves glory, honor, and praise from now and forevermore. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the chance to gather and to worship and to sing about your grace and in your goodness, your amazing grace and your unending love for us. I pray, as I did earlier, that if there's anyone in the room who's not yet come to know Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, today's the day through hearing about your great grace in Billy's life and Paul's life, that you would open their eyes to the great love that you have for them and the free offer of salvation that's waiting for them at the foot of the cross.
Father, for the rest of us, may, may we never be lulled into thinking that we don't have a testimony, or that our testimony is boring. But help us to understand that, that really our testimonies are not about us at all. They're about you and about your greatness. I pray we would never miss an opportunity to tell someone else about what you've done in and through our lives. We thank you so much for the opportunity to gather and to hear your word, and to be encouraged through testimonies and through your holy word. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. We are located at 1100 Michigan Avenue in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We meet on Sundays for small groups at 9 a.m. and worship at 1030. If you have more questions, please email office at fbcalamo.com or call 575-437-5510. Thank you for listening and may God bless you this week.